0: When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. We're recognizing farms and homesteads that have been in the family for more than 100 or 150 years. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. These families will get together at the Wisconsin State Fair in West Allis on August 9th, for a celebratory breakfast. One farm being recognized is Crescent Valley Dairy. This Washington County farm's history dates back over 150 years. Charlie Jones shares more about the history of the farm.
1: So we are like an original settler. So when our ancestors came over here um, from Prussia, they stopped in New Jersey um, for a little while, and they had some other relatives that were in the general area here already, and they moved to join uh, their their relatives that were here already. And that's somewhere around the time Wisconsin became a state, in the 1846, 47, 48, somewhere in that general time frame. Um, Their original settlers were Adam and Eva Kramer. That's uh, on my mom's side. That would be my Great, great, great grandparents that settled the farm, and that's the reason we refer to ourselves as Crescent Valley Dairy. Um, the K in Crescent Valley Dairy is kind of a nod to the Kramer name. And in the Bible, Adam and Eva, Adam and Eve in the Bible um, were from the Garden of Eden, which is in the Fertile Crescent. So it's kind of a play on words because our pillars were Adam and Eva. Um, so they settled the farm. Um, along that time frame there and just passed it down to the generations pretty much. Uh, they had a son Henry um, that ran the farm. He built our barn that we still know cows in today. Him and his wife Josephine and she also comes from uh, the area just slightly south of where the farm is. Now is where she came from. And they had a couple offspring, and one of them was my great-grandpa, Edward. Him and his wife, uh, Leona, ran the farm then. And kind of the cool story about them is that Leona had, I want to say 12 siblings, I believe. She was one of 12. And her mother passed away when she was kind of young. And she was kind of the mother of the family. So, she lived in Cedarburg in a farm in Cedarburg. That's about, let's say, seven, seven to eight miles to the east of here. But she had a brother that lived just west of the farm down the road here. And my great grandpa met her up by the road when he was plowing or working up land with a horse. And that's kind of how they ended up meeting. So it's kind of uh, I can tell people that's kind of a cool story of uh, early 1900s dating, I guess. They farmed here together, Ed and Leona, until my grandpa took it over in the 60s. My grandpa's name's Gordon. He married a woman named Karen. She's a little north of here in West Bend. That's where she came from A farm. And they milked cows together here from the, about 67 to 2001. In 2001, they sold their cows. Um, my parents didn't have an interest in taking the farm over and I was about 10 years old at the time. So they sold their cows in 2001. In 2011, I took the farm over and started milking cows here again with about 35 cows, and now we milk 150 cows, and that's kind of to the present.
0: What buildings were on the original farm, original homestead? So the original homestead is
1: 160 acres. That's still the same land we own today. Um, the first part of the house was built from what we can tell in eighteen forty eight. The first part of it was kind of like a one room cabin. And there's been additions built onto that. The most recent one was in nineteen thirty, boy, I wanna say twenty nine, thirty, somewhere in that era. It's written in the in the foundation in the basement you can see it. Um and then the only other, I shouldn't say that, the main barn is original. That was built in 1905, I believe, um, by Henry and Josephine. And then we have a chicken coop, too. I'm not sure who built that exactly, but it's in all the old pictures. So I'm assuming it's about as old as the barn is. Um, aside from that, all the rest of the buildings are more, more or less modern. Our freestall barns and our machine sheds and that are all post-1960s, 1970s and newer.
0: What were the first years like for them on the farm, really getting started to where it is now? Well, I'm sure it was nothing
1: that like you would be like today, obviously. Um, we're just north of the first settled hamlet in, in our county in Washington County called Dinesville. At the time, that was kind of the only settlement, I guess you'd want to say, in the county. So That was a popular drop-off spot for um, settlers at the time. So, south of Dinesville, there's a railroad track crossing that's about maybe a mile south of Dinesville. And it's believed that most of the people in this area got dropped off at that crossing and walked to Dinesville. And then in Dinesville, there was some kind of land office or some kind of government facility or something that they could kind of check in at and that. Um, and then they walked to our farm, which is about. Let's say, two or three miles north of Dinesville, and I like to always tell people it's, they more or less were survivalists they weren't farmers in the sense that you would think of today they may have had a horse and a couple of pigs and a couple of chickens and maybe a cow, um, but they also had an apple orchard in the garden and and woods and things like that, and they mostly lived off the land. It was more of a wasn't exactly how it is today, so I'm imagining it was. Sometimes when I'm sitting in the house and there's a storm coming through or something, I think to myself, you know, this house was here in the 1840s, and they didn't have a weatherman tell them There was strong weather coming, and the house probably didn't have that great of a roof or that great of insulation or siding or windows or anything like we have today. And that had to be, you know, quite the experience. And I'm sitting essentially in the same living space that they were in at that time, too. So that's kind of a cool thing to... To imagine
0: what improvements or changes have been made along the way to make farming easier for you guys to be able to keep it in the family for so many generations
1: so like um like i say my great grandpa built my great great grandpa built the main barn i think that was kind of uh more kind of a turning point to more commercial style agriculture um he didn't milk so many cows but he milked maybe a little bit more than his dad did um and then his son edward was our, I would say was the most first commercial farm on our on our farm here. So he had about 15 cows, and his wife had about 300 chickens, laying hens, and that was kind of the income stream for the farm um, during that era. They got rid of the horses. Uh, my grandpa was a little kid sometime in the 50s. I think they got rid of the last horses. They had talked about So that was kind of a kind of a probably a difficult transition at the time. My grandpa likes to tell me that his dad was not a tractor farmer. His dad new horses and was used to horses and moved two tractors when everybody else was moving to tractors, but it sounded like you really struggled with that transition, which seems like, you know, odd to a person in my generation. But um, I would say that would be one big thing. My grandma put a milk, a pipeline in when he first started milking in 67, which was kind of high technology at the time. Um, and then I, I built a freestyle barn in 2011 um, when I started up again, and that was obviously kind of a transition to more modern style farming, and uh, so I guess those things would be kind of the, the milestones I would point to on the farm as far as advancements.
0: So you mentioned that your um, parents sold when you were about ten or eleven, and then now you bought it back. How was that transition of going from being on the farm to not to now owning the farm?
1: So I don't own. I still don't own the farm. So when I was a little kid, my grandparents milked cows here. But my they my grandparents owned the farm, but we lived here. My when my parents got married, my grandparents moved up the road a little bit. They moved. They bought a house up the road, and my mom and dad, and my brother, and I lived on the farm here. Well, my, well, my grandparents were milking. Um, and then sometime in the early two thousands, this is a little bit before my. Recollection, exactly. Um, The farm was transferred to my parents, uh, my mom, Michelle, and my dad, um, Robert. So they own the farm. They have since the early 2000s. And when my grandpa sold his milking cows, my grandparents sold the milking cows, grandpa raised some steers. And that was when I was like in... Elementary school, that kind of time, fifth grade, I want to say, fourth, fifth grade. And as I was going through middle school and high school, I kind of started to partner with him raising steers. I would buy a couple of my own to mix with his herd. And then each year, progressively, I would own more and more steers, and he would own less and less. And we kind of split the work up. And so that's kind of how we transitioned. And then when I got out of high school, I went to Shore Course for a couple years, or for one year, I should say. Um, I worked on another farm for a little while, another dairy farm, and when I came back to the farm, I had sold my spears and bought heifers um, with that money, you know, dairy heifers. And uh, so I never was off the farm. Um, nobody has been off the farm here, really, but... Um, We did have a little transition there where we didn't milk cows for a few years, which is interesting because that's not the first time we had a gap in milking. My grandpa got drafted into the service for the Korean War. I don't know exactly what year that is. I want to say it was 53, somewhere around that time. And while he was gone, his, his father sold his milking cows. So from about 53, 54 to when my grandpa started up again in 66, or 67, um, there was no milk cows here, too. So we've, we have, we've actually sold the cows twice um, on this farm and started up again twice.
0: Sounds like you have a lot of different memories, but can you share more about some of your favorite memories on the farm growing up?
1: Growing up, I mean, I was little and my grandparents were milking. You know, mostly it's riding tra- driving around the tractors and things like that. Um, I remember that's kind of why I wanted to get into farming. My grandparents and I were pretty, are pretty close. Um, I used to ride with Grandpa and ride with my Grandma, um, chopping hay and baling hay and things like that. Um, and just I'm drawn to it because of the strong family ties. Where we are the we are unofficially the longest running family farm in the colony, um, so far as we can tell. The, the, the family that's owned the same land or ran the same land for the longest time is how I should um, really say it, but. I mean, that's, that's not really a, a, you know, a, tangible, a tangible memory, but I always like looking through old photo albums and hearing stories from my grandpa about his dad or reading historical things about the farm. So um, I guess those are not really like memories that I experienced personally, but I just think the history of it is kind of what was drawn me to farming and, and to, keep, to keep farming.
0: Is there a chance or interest to be able to continue passing the farm on for the future generations?
1: Well, I'm married, and we don't have any kids currently. Um, unfortunately, we live in kind of a urbanized area, um, and I don't want to be too pessimistic, but it seems as though eventually we're going to be at least a dairy operation. The farm might, might will still go on, but the dairy operation might have to be moved to another location. Um, there's been some in the last year or so here, some more active pressure from our municipality to leave or to be to be pushed out. So that's gonna be kind of a a battle going forward, it looks like. Um, but like we said we've been here for boy 160 hundred and hundred and sixty, hundred and hundred and sixty years plus, but probably more than that. So I'm not about to uh leave without a fight, let's say that. Um the only kind of Shameless plug I'd like to add is that going forward in the future here, um, we're going to be trying to bottle our own milk on the farm here. I have bought a bottling plant uh, from a company in New York. It's a modular bottling plant. It comes in a shipping container, um, but it meets all the the regulations the state has. Um, I've been working on that for the last couple of years here. We're hoping to have it online by the end of the year. It's kind of a cautiously optimistic uh, deadline for that, so that's going to be kind of uh, that's going to be kind of our new venture going forward here.
0: Charlie Jones shares a story of his family farm in Washington County. The Century Farm Program originated as part of a Skazin Centennial celebration in 1948. Each year, about a hundred properties are honored. You can listen to some of these stories at MidwestFarmReport.com. dot com. These stories are brought to you courtesy of Compeer Financial from the Midwest Farm Report. I'm Charity Seebecker.